We are reactionary in a lot of cases. And Correct. He dict. He had to dictate the actions, and so you knew, even though you knew what was coming, you couldn't start it. Right. You just had to finish it. Right. So we we make two contact teams. We come up on the car. He's obviously dead. The trippy part was there was no gun, and I knew there was a gun. I he fucking shot at me. Like, yeah, I fucking. Knew I it. saw it. And <laughs> I was, felt it. It was the most weird. It, it was the most trippy thing ever. Looking at this dude, dead as fuck, with no gun. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just, I mean, my, my, it was just such a mind fuck. In the moment, it was just a mind fuck because the adrenaline and all this shit going, emotions going on. Um, and I was like, and I remember yelling to the guys on the other side, "Hey, do you see a gun?" They're like, "Nope." No. And I'm like, uh, "Anybody got a gun?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, the right? Thoughts and opinions. Of- <laughs> I'll take a knife. So, <laughs> so, um, come to find out. Uh, through the shoot team or whatever, they did the whole like you know where they stick the rods in and blah blah blah. Whatever. Right, right. They reconstruct everything, lasers and fog yeah. machines. And so my first round, my first round hit him. So he came across his chest with the gun and started shooting. My first round hit him dead center, right in the handle of the gun. That, 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 that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. Totally if you said the gun that was gun. that yeah. big, yeah. if you said. Oh, it was huge. I oh, saw this the biggest huge thing the gun. Then, of course, that's where your point of aim was. Because this did. Statistically, that's a hard most word. Okay. shut up. <laughs> most officers, when they get into shootings and someone's presenting a gun towards them, they shoot at the threat. Yes, what, at yeah. the threat at the time is not the person; it's the no, fucking it's the, gun. It's the yeah, gun. Of course, so they shoot at the gun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you've you've had guns pointed at you, like, but yeah. it doesn't matter how many times. That's why it's we when you young cops out there when you interview people and they're like, I don't know, it was just the biggest gun I've ever seen in my life. They're not. They're not dumb civilians. That's that, that'll happen to you one day if somebody ever points a gun at you in anger. That's what it looks like. Sure. It's the yeah. biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. So it so that's what she said. It had blown out. <laughs> so he Where's obviously Matt lost the. Uh, <laughs> so he obviously lost a finger or two, and then it blew out the bottom of the gun, and then it it threw the gun in between the front passenger seat and the door. Which is why uh, we didn't see it. Oh, okay. So when they did the, so they found it. They did find it, yeah. but I'm, but I'm just in that moment. I was just yeah. like, "There's no fucking way. There's <laughs> no, no gun. No. There's Dude, no he shot at us. Way. What? Um, crazy. So yeah, he. Uh, so obviously he was dead. And then, um, and you know, and then that was now, a wrap. Now I want to, I want to let the listeners in on some inside baseball. Oh wait, I'll go. And then that was the night I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of this place. Right, right. (laughs) I'm fucking done. So this, and and you guys, I I didn't, like, we kind of, we glossed over a lot of why John took an extended leave and had, you know, and we said, yeah, John's got stuff going on, da, 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 da. But, I mean, you have a wife. You Mm -hmm. have, uh, at the time, a small daughter, and now you have a a little bit less smaller daughter and an even smaller sure, son. Sure, 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 sure. And there comes a point where you have to go, how much of this shit do I really have to do? Yeah. Versus, you know, I, I could do the same thing somewhere else and be a lot happier. Yeah, um, I think it came down to, uh, besides what was going on in the world, right? you know, besides that COVID. part, yeah. Um the elections. Yeah, but besides that stuff, it ships. was more uh, it was more the fact that you know I I've had, you know, that was well that was number 2, but you know why why am I doing it for su- a city that's unappreciative of this? Like the a state they, they, a state well, and also LA had just elected and still is under a DA. Yeah. Oh god. Don't that even get me started on this guy. Wants to put cops in prison. Yeah. So there was, so a lot of that had to, you know, a lot of that was in play. And then also, you know, things hit you differently when you, when you have a family and you're just like, Hey, look, like I still, I don't want to stop doing this job, but at least I want to be appreciated for it. And, um, I'm not, and you know, and then how does it, how does it look when God forbid, if this went the other way around and I'm not here anymore and Oh, just another cop dead on, you know, just another number, just another number. Right. And, and that was a wrap. And, you know, and I don't think for a second my Give family would have been taken care of. On. Yeah, it would have just all been a dog and pony show. And, like, yeah. I just – it didn't sit well with me. It just – it really didn't. And I was done. 
I was done. It, it's not yeah. surprising. Like every cop is going to hit that in their career where, <clears throat> you know, they're going to get to a point where they're like, oh, the agency I work for, they, they're not supporting me. And there's, there's great agencies out there and some will never hit that, but there's going to be a time and point where every cop hits a point where they're like, I'm done or at least done for this agency. And a lot of it has to do with, with morale being taken care of and putting your life on the line for people who don't give a shit. And it's not the suspects or the citizens. It's your own agency. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's a I big thing. Like, it, and maybe some, some people are like, oh, I got a great agency. Yeah. Wait till you really get into so, some shit. Yeah. So that's the, the thing. So, you, you don't know what kind of an agency you have until the fucking excrement hits the air conditioner. Okay. Uh, so right. this one, I, I will say, like I said, I've, you know, I've been deployed. I had another shooting, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, but this one hit different. It was very close and I had a family and it's just more of like, wow, what could have happened? You know, my daughter grows up without a dad, you know, so it it hit different. Right. Five days after the shooting, my chief's like, when you come back. What? Yeah, it's bullshit, right? Five days. Five days? Five days. And your chief's a solid chief. Well, that's what I'm saying. He had his moments. He had his moments. Right. And this is, and this is just like, they just don't give a fuck. They just don't give a fuck. And he tried to guilt trip me about deployment. And I told him, I'm like, listen, dude, I'm a pretty strong dude mentally. And this one just is different. Like, I just, I need more time. This hits different. And, he, and he's like, all right, um, all right. I guess. Uh, you know, when you talk to the psych, you know, just whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So I told her the same shit. I'm like, look, he's fucking asking me for, you know, to be back in five days. Fuck that. I need time. I want some time to just relax. And uh, ultimately, I think I was back in less than two weeks. And then. Um, are you fuck? Yeah, uh, that's right. First, you did tell me that. And then I sat, when I sat, when I got in that black and white. Dude, my heart was it's coming out of my chest, and I was like, crazy, dude, this right? is fucking bullshit. Here, we were going to talk about this last episode with Lucy, where, um, but we, we didn't get a chance to do it. And it's regarding officers involved in officer-involved shootings and other officers that were present during the officer-involved shooting. Uh, let's say, like, John's partner, who was right next to him. And this goes for officers who don't fire rounds but are still involved actively in the scenario. It is going to affect them just mm-hmm. as much as it's mm-hmm. going to affect the shooter. And too many agencies don't take care of those officers and give them time off. Too many agencies have the stigma of, oh, you're a pussy if you don't come back to work. You're not hard enough. You're not a man. You're not a woman. You're not a true cop. No, that's bullshit. Everybody has a breaking point and you need to give them time to cope with just what just fucking happened. Because I can tell you from personal experience within the first five days, that shit's going to hit you like a shit ton of bricks. And you're not going to, it's not going to hit you maybe the night of no. maybe not even the next day, but the next three days after that, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Especially when it gets quiet. If you're by yourself, if you live by yourself or you have any time alone, that shit's going to pop right back up. And far too often Officers get glossed over by command staff where they're like, nope, get back to work. We need you out here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of officers do it. But there's some that are like, no, I need some time. But far too often do officers get glazed over that weren't shooters. They were just there and involved. And that is sad because that is going to fuck people up. And we talk about preventing officer suicide. And that's a lot of that. And a lot of these these policies or not policies, but command staff decisions affect it, officers. And it leads them to really bad Mental, mental yeah. uh, ways and PTSD mm-hmm. and some Very of them even weird. take their own fucking life because they're depressed and they, they can't cope with it and they can't deal with it because they don't know who they can trust. And there should be a policy. And in a lot of agencies, it's a minimum of two fucking weeks, three psych visits. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it personally where you have command staff. Oh, well, you can get all your psych visits done like with this week and you can come back to work yep. or hey, it's you're going to be frequency, back. It's time. Right. And yeah. you're going to oh, you're going to be back tomorrow night. Right. Especially like in my shooting, I got told, hey, you're going to be back tomorrow, right? And I said, what? I said, LT, like, what are you I'll talking back about? I just I'm got back. to a fucking shooting. Yeah. And he's like, no, we need you back to work. And I said, no, I'm not coming back. I'm going to go take my time. I'm going to go see the psychiatrist. I'm going to deal with my shit because I know I'm going to be affected by this somehow. And if I'm not good, I'm, I, I pray to it. And, and what you just said when you came back to work, you sat that first day in your black and white and your heart was racing. When I got back to work, when I got back in my black and white, um, it was a long night. I was working nights, and uh, gang unit, uh, our, our gang unit went in, in, a, in a fucking pursuit with uh, four assholes in a car. They all bail on the projects. Boom, take off all different directions. And we chased this girl, this gangster chick, underneath the car, and we're pulling her out, and she's, she's guarding her hand underneath her waist, and she's not pulling it out. And we're like, let me see your fucking hands. Let me see your fucking hands. 
and my heart was in my throat and I was like, oh my God, I'm about to fucking one, shoot this chick in the back or two, she's getting a fucking boot to the mouth because I'm not dying tonight I'm not doing and, it. and I'm not going to have my sergeant die. I'm not going to have my, my partner die because it was a lone sergeant chasing this chick and she's a hardcore gangster and just because you're a female... No. Don't mean you ain't gonna no, pull no. a fucking gun on a cop. This man. is where this is where gender equality really truly yeah, comes right, into right. play. Ultimately, so Chris, you're a smaller agency in, mm-hmm. in, in a lot further north mm-hmm. than any of us. Yeah, and you've experienced some of the same stuff. But to your experience, it sounds like the agency response is the same. Uh, yeah, pretty much. They, um, I don't like to. Just say, oh, it's this person's fault or these people's fault or this agency's fault. No, sometimes um, it's systemic. It's yeah, not an individual. It's I, th- I think there's just not enough out there. Like there's not enough, like, like Chuck said, there's not enough training. There's not enough um, days off or that training for the, not for us, but for the, the, the upper echelon. Like, yeah, you got to give this guy two weeks. There's nothing like written in stone. For mine, it was a week. And I'm like, I, you know what, guys? I might need a little more in a week. Oh. Okay. Well, I think we can probably, you know, scoot oh, some okay. stuff around on the schedule and make it happen. All right, cool. So I took two weeks. and um, But, we, I mean, we can get pretty deep in all that stuff. You know, the big thing is, you know, I hear you guys talking about, yeah, you get your three three psych visits. And, like, we had one psych visit. <laughs> Yeah, ours you know, like one. the next day or two days after. Well, two days after your shooting that you you were in, you're like, yeah, he's dead. I'm not. Hey, it's yeah. all good. I right? I will yeah. say this: ours was quote unquote as many as you need. It wasn't one. It wasn't three. It was as many as you need. However, they send you to the one, and if he says he's good, they expect you to be good. Right, not not like well, how you can't are you? be bad because right. then they're going to be like, oh nope, yeah. he needs a fitness for duty. It, Ooh, so rubber, okay, yeah, so that right? okay, yeah. we we need to have an episode called fitness for duty because that is the scariest phrase yeah. in law enforcement. It is not like I would be more scared of the phrase fitness for duty than I would be scared of the phrase, you know, uh, OIS investigation. Like I, I I trust my judgment enough that I can survive an OIS investigation, sure. but. Fitness for duties are subject to a person's fucking opinion, mm-hmm. and I, I'll I'll give you I'll give you straight up an example. The guy I went to for my fitness for duty told me, and I think I've said this on the on the show. Uh, I said, you know, he said, "How do you feel about it?" And I said, "Well, he was he was trying to kill me, and so he got what he got." And he goes, "Good. If you feel any differently like that." Than that, you're just being a pussy bitch because that guy was a scorpion. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what the fuck? And this was a shrink that said it. Now, thanks, bro. <laughs> contrast that with a buddy of mine, same agency, same agency, different shrink. I was smart, I guess, in a way. And when they said you need to go to a shrink, I said, "Okay, great. Here's the card of the guy I want to go to." My buddy, eleven, eight, thirteen months later. He just said, okay, send me to where you're going to send me. And that shrink, again, same agency, same fitness for duty type of evaluation. And she said, he, he says, well, you know, the safety was off. The bolt was closed. The dust covers were off of the scope. He was going to, his finger was on the trigger. He was going to kill me or my partners. And she said, is that what you have to tell yourself to help you sleep at night? Oh, fuck oh, you. Man. So these are shrinks are just people, right? They're just people. And in, in oftentimes, let's face it, shrinks are the most fucked up of people because that's what got them into psychiatry and psychology in the right. first takes, place. Takes one to know one. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. I, I'm all fucked up. So let me go to school and try to figure out why I'm all fucked up well, and I've then I'll help other people. Yeah. I met a couple sure. and they hate cops too. Oh, and uh, that's another thing. They don't necessarily understand. Right. And they don't believe in or they don't like what we do. Right. Right. And they don't. I I know people to this day when I look at him, I go, "Well, fuck him, right. he's dead." And he he got like I don't feel bad. Like God will figure it out. I well, shit happens. Yeah. And they they look at you like you're the most callous, 
heartless serial killer type of a person. And these are the people that are writing letters to your boss telling your boss whether or not you're okay to come back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your hands, your 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 career, your life, your livelihood, everything about you is in the hands of a stranger whose opinion carries more weight than the facts of what happened to you. Yep. Solid. Yep. <laughs> John, let me ask you this. <clears throat> After you got into your, your last shooting, um, let me get a little closer. After you got into your last shooting, yeah, um, a little closer, baby. <laughs> did they send you or have a shrink come out and be like this is your first visit right after you got involved in your shooting uh, I think it was like two days later I think oh. it was like two days later and it was via zoom because it was during COVID oh my mine oh, was that's that, you know mine so, was hours after and I yeah. was like this is that's not the time uh, that's the time like have your wife and yeah. have you know all that yeah. you, know, you gotta you know, and, have, that, like, and that's like, a, that's another good point you just brought up the wife that, that whole thing so you know, my wife's a fucking trooper and she you know, she's been through a lot with me. She has. So she knows that I love my job. She knows that I love chasing gangsters. She knows that's just what I did. And she loves and, you and she accepts that that's what you and love to she do. She hated every night yes. I went to work. Yes. She hated every single night of it. So, you know, obviously when I made that decision to get the family out, she was fucking totally on board. <laughs> she was like, Yeah, let's get the fuck out. Well, yes. I feel like I didn't um, even tell you where we're going. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like knowing her after that incident that Donnie broke, that's when the tides really again. That changing. is the that's the that's the shift. And she thought there's no doubt in my mind that if you asked my wife if I would have made a career, like if I would have lasted a career in L.A., she would have been like he would have been dead. She would oh, probably she, she no sure you'd have been dead that. or divorced because there would have come a point where she would have said, I, "I love you, but I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't I, I be that. this." I felt, I mean, and, and realistically, I mean, wives feel like they're going to shit a peach seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, is like, you know, and I feel bad. I, I felt really bad about this. But, but like I said, you know, it wasn't, it, I wish it didn't take what it took for me to finally just be like, that's it. That's a wrap. Um, but it happened and it wasn't worth it. It really was there. It was not worth it. No, it not just at all. wasn't hundred percent. It wasn't. Uh, I will argue that it's always worth it because you, you are where you are. Right. And God forbid that hadn't happened. You might not be here right now. And let's face it. You're happy. Yeah. Right? Oh, OK. Yeah, so no, I get it. Everything so happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I, 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 I guess that's really what I'm saying. But I, I think that if 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 this is where you end up, if if, you know, I look at where I'm at now, I look at where Chuck's at now, I look at where John's at now, I look at where Chris is at and, and I can't be mad at any of it. Right. I can be mad at how it went down. I can be mad at my own mistakes. I can be really mad at the agency's mistakes or not even mistakes, just short-sighted dick moves, you know, the the kinds of things where... The where incompetence. You, yes, oh or the God, willful the ignorance or, yeah. you know, all those things. I have heard of other agencies... The wokeism. I have heard of other agencies that... I've heard of their shooting policies and how they handle the officers and how they deal with an officer after they get involved in a shooting. And it's almost like they do it so often they've got it down to a science. And I feel like there's a lot of agencies that have their officers backs a lot better. I give you an example. I know of an agency in central California and again, it's California, but the first thing they do is get a hotel room for the cop, for the officer who's been in the shooting, they get him a hotel room. And they put him up in the hotel room. And then when he wants to go home, he can go home. But he can only go home until they've done with. But they don't keep him at the scene. They don't keep him. They put him in a hotel room, let him relax. And then they take another officer, a friend of his, a peer counselor, whoever he wants. And they have him go hang out with him. That's a that's good. Right? That's good. You know, it's great. You know what a lot of agencies do? And and I and I, I can't speak for, for any other agencies other than my, my own. So what my agency does is they... Quarantine you in a fucking room. Yeah. An interrogation room. A, a supervisor right. that you have no, you don't know. Right. You don't, you have no rapport with this dude or this gal. And they don't really, a lot of them don't come off as your buddy. They're just this callous fucking stone cold. Hey, you can't do that. Hey, you can't pick up the phone. Uh, hey, man, I, I need to make a phone call. Well, you, you can't. You can't talk about this. Dude, I'm not going to be talking 
about what just happened, but I need to let people know if they see this shit on the fucking news, yeah. I'm okay, I'm alive, yeah. and I'm allowed mm-hmm. to do this because I know my policy, and you're not going to tell me. And like, dude, this isn't the shit that I need yeah. afterwards. And you know, I think the biggest thing that, that that helped me right after my OIS was supervisor at scene looked at me after he threw me a couple cigarettes. <laughs> and I don't smoke, but I was like, I need a yes, cigarette. I, I, need a cigarette. I was like, it's amazing how you pack, don't bro. smoke. Give until me your you... fucking pack. And he looked at me and he, and he, and he nodded and he said, he mouthed the words, you're good. And gave me a thumbs up. And that helped me so much. But then I got this, this fucking supervisor who I didn't know. Guy was a complete fucking weirdo. And actually I had to tell him to shut up because I'm like, you're talking to me like I'm a fucking child. I'm right. a grown ass man, bro. Don't speak to me this way. Right. First of all, if you if you're gonna talk to me this way, how about you don't belittle me, you keep to yourself, and you just leave me alone. Yeah. And I, I said it in a professional way. Didn't say that <laughs> because But you don't feel very fucking professional no, when it happens. And I'm like, dude, and and, and you know, finally, uh, after all was said and done, you, you get this fucking this this lawyer who comes out. And the lawyer's like, hey, has anybody got any food? No. He's like, are you hungry? Yeah. He's like, they should have got you food, bro. And yeah. I was like, I know. I'm fucking starving. Mm-hmm. And I've been up for, because I was that night, I've I've been up. This is now like going on 2 p.m., 1400. And I'm like, I- I'm hungry. And he's like, let's go get you some food. Where do you want my treat? And this whole time, this fucking supervisor is like, oh, I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't eat that. I look at him. I go, I'm going to fucking eat it. And I'm going to enjoy it. You don't have to get shit. And I didn't care what came out of my mouth. I was hangry. I was tired. I had like four monsters. I was trying to stay awake because <laughs> I had an interview I had to go do. I'm like, this is bullshit. And the way that I'm being treated felt more as a suspect yeah. than as a fucking human yeah. being. Yeah. And that is such bullshit. And I can only speak for my the agency no, no, I no. work with. I stuff. think you're speaking think, for every agency because I worked a lot. I worked a long way away from you, and I experienced the same shit. My chief called and spoke to me on the phone right after it happened. He goes. Well, do you need somebody? And, and, oh, I'm like, wait, uh, and I'm, I'm, I've got less than, well, I've got just over three years on, and the chief of the department's going, well, do you need somebody? And I'm like, I guess not. <laughs> nah, I'll be all right. I'm all right. Because <laughs> the way you said it makes it sound like I shouldn't need somebody, so I guess I don't. And your chief, knowing, knowing your, your old department, you know, you had a lieutenant, then you had the chief. So the chief was like your captain who was in charge of the department. But- my captain at the time called me. Was it four days later, five days later? Or I think it was four days later. Hey, when are you planning on coming back? And I'm like, well, I don't fucking know when the site clears me. <laughs> and then four days later, calls me again. Hey, so when, are you coming, back, right? when are you coming back? And I'm like, I don't know when I'm cleared. And, and like, I kept getting these calls. I'm like, dude, how about, hey, are you good? Hey, is everything all right? Hey, you coping well? And luckily, I had some good, solid partners, which I'm assuming you probably have some really good, solid partners that were checking on you regularly. Dude, my and first few days back, they told me, don't fucking leave. They were just like, we got it. Like, uh, I yeah, I didn't do shit. Yeah, okay, so cool. here's, here's yeah. the thing. Cops are the best people to take care of other cops. And I mean yeah, real cops. I, I get that. When the shit hits the fan. And I will, I will say this, that, that I remember very few things that stick out like a sore thumb from my I remember our our guys my team that were not involved they were ahead of us they were they were they came back when they heard it on the radio but they were not involved in the incident they wanted to drive us home they said it's our team it's our guys we'll drive them home mm. um and the departments the chiefs the administration and the investigating agency said, no, well, our guys had already gone to the liquor store <laughs> and bought a six road pack. sodas, right? They, they bought whatever road sodas you were most, mm-hmm. you know, favoritist of. And, uh, that the plan was to drive us back and let us relax for the hour and a half drive home. The department said, no, no, no. The, the local agency will drive you home. Like, that's taking a detective an hour and a half out of his way when right. these guys are actually going that way anyway because we're all on the same team. No, they need to drive them home. That's that's what's going to happen. And so our guys pulled that detective, and I won't say his agency. I will say he, he was clearly pretty close to retirement. 
age. But uh, he had the detective division Astro Van, <laughs> and that's what he was supposed to drive me and my partners home in. And uh, our team that was not there pulled him aside and said, hey, we were going to drive them home. Um, we're not being allowed to, but this was kind of the plan. And he goes, man, I don't, I, that van's really dark. Once I start driving and those dash lights are in my eyes, I can't see shit that happens back there. So I'm just going to drive them back and whatever, whatever's whatever. And so our guys couldn't ride in the van with us, but they gave us the road sodas. They grabbed us. And the, the guys that were in the incident, we drank ourselves happy for an hour and a half on in the van ride home. But it was all because one detective said, man, that van's dark. I can't see shit back there. Yep. yep. And he didn't have to do that. No. He could have gotten fucking days off for that. Oh, yeah. But you know what he said? He said, fuck it. These guys, these guys earned it. They, they deserve it. They, so cops, real cops, know how to take care of each other because we've, 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 I mean, it's like soldiers. It's like firefighters. You know, you've been there, you've done that, you know what you need. True. Yeah. And the only other thing I was going to say, and I should have started with this because this is how technically the story started. Um, but for, I'm assuming you have a lot of listeners that are cops. Um, and I'm maybe not so much directed at the guys that have been on for a while, but, you know, especially the younger guys. Um, to, you know, as you start to get more time on and, you know, you start to build these, for lack of a better term, uh, senses mm -hmm. of like, you know, of certain things. Um, I knew, I knew something bad was going to happen probably about two or three weeks before my shooting. Like you could feel it. It was oh, a vibe yeah. in the air. Yeah. You it was totally it was, feel it. Something was going to happen. And I can't, and I can't say that for my first one, but, but for, but for sure the second one. And I, and I remember talking to my wife about it and you know, like I, like I, then I started having a very specific dream. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I felt it like I felt it in my body. Like I knew it was going to happen. It just was a matter of time. And then literally the week of, it was so overwhelming that I was just kind of like, all right, next stop, here it comes. All right, next stop, here it comes. You know, that sort of thing. So and based on your story, it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy. You didn't cause that to happen. It's not like correct. You, it's not like you jacked up a traffic stop because you were like freaked out and made it happen. No, this was a premonition. Yeah, I, I just so I guess my message is, you know, because I you know, people believe in different things or whatever, but you know, just trust yourself. Like just trust trust what your body is doing to itself, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. in certain situations. Cause I would say I, God gave you the hair on the back of your neck for a fucking reason. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And if you don't yeah. listen to it, it's going to cost you big. And as you say that, like, I felt something weird prior to mine. And I was like, I just, I felt off. And I don't know if it was through the divorce or whatever, but I felt something was really, really <laughs> off. Yeah, no, it was definitely wasn't <laughs> the divorce. Definitely, definitely wasn't wasn't the divorce. <laughs> but shit had been getting, you know, in the areas, you know, when it's starting to get hotter, you know, and I'm not talking about temperature wise, but I'm talking about like, with with calls no and no yeah danger and you're like I thought okay, you meant women. this is <laughs> this is this is getting this is getting uh definitely interesting and, and different and it's it feels fucking weird and then next thing you know you're in that situation you're like fuck this is this is it fuck mm -hmm. fuck 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 and then boom it happens and you're like oh shit. it's almost a relief yeah and then you're like that's not weird quick. yeah yeah it's fucking like wild, you man. when you feel the tension coming and I haven't had that dream after the shooting. I never had right. that dream again. Right. It's it, it's Super it's weird. the bandaid gets ripped off, and you're like, okay, now I can relax. Yeah. Yep. All of us at this table, we've been in shoes. Yeah. So, hmm. you rewind the tape. When at that incident did you know that this was not going to end well? Like, and we you talked about your dream, and we talked about yeah, it's electric. You know, it's kind of you know. The calls are getting hot in this area or whatever, but I'm talking about the like moment just before it. Right. Like hmm. how from the time the first trigger was pulled, if you rewind it step by step, frame by frame, mm -hmm. when did you know this was not going to end well? For me, it was like 30 seconds after I went 97. Mm -hmm. I just knew that this is not going to end well. So I'll start then. Mine was a little different because we were fat, dumb, and happy on our way home after an operation. Like it was, we were off duty basically. Yeah. On the freeway. Um, and it was the moment 
we we saw we saw what we thought was a potential traffic accident, and we're like, oh, it's code four. Nobody got hurt. Let's get back on the freeway and go home. And then we saw a bunch of chippy cars, and we're like, that's the fastest chippy response to an accident. And then we saw the helicopter, and we realized it was a pursuit. And from the moment I realized it was a pursuit to the moment the truck that they were pursuing crossed the freeway in the wrong direction was about three seconds. And as soon as I saw that we were on the off-ramp where the truck had crossed the freeway in the wrong direction, at it was about that moment where I was like, okay. <laughs> and honestly, I, I say this. I remember yeah. going, okay, here it is. Yeah. Like, this is it. It wasn't like, oh, shit, oh, shit. You no, know, it was like, this is what you've been taught. Yeah. For, this is what you've been trained for. Like, here it is. Do your thing. Yeah, there's definitely different stages into these incidents for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I explained when we saw the van, hairs on the neck are standing up. Yeah. I knew this something bad was going to happen. I don't know if I was at shooting yet, but I knew yeah. definitely something, whether it's a pursuit, a foot pursuit, a good fight, you know, whatever, it was not going to end peacefully. That I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, like rolling up to the party the second time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, the. The moment I knew it was going to end in a shooting was the moment that I made eye contact with him at his window. Mm. It was almost like he was telling me, it's me and him, yep. whoever gets out of this alive gets out of this alive sort of thing. Right. Yep. That was the moment. And and but, to me, that's what made it so personal. He made it extremely personal because he looked at, number one, we locked eyes, but number two, he continued to lock eyes with me throughout the pretty much the whole incident. He didn't know everybody else was there. He didn't see anybody else. But isn't that it? It's about eye contact. Like, yeah. And a lot of times. Yeah. Like, you, I, I, I just had this conversation with somebody who said, well, you can't throw the first punch. I said, yeah, you can. Okay. So what yeah. are you talking about? What are you talking about? I said, you know in their eyes they're going to fight. Period. End of story. You don't have to wait to be hit. No. You just have to be able to articulate all of the things that led you to know that the only way this was going to end was in a physical altercation and why you made the move to subdue them first. And it, it's the same, like, you made eye contact with him and something in his eyes, whatever it was, something in his eyes oh, he was told looking, you. He was looking into my soul. We're, we're doing this. So, for, for, for mine, we were only at scene for three, three, maybe five minutes. And... um we knew he had a gun. We knew he was drunk. We knew he was he had just lost his job and he was upset over that and his girlfriend had dumped him. What was his race? So <laughs> we Sorry. We sorry. We um like this whole time with no one pulling the race. I, know, so, I had to, I had to. So, um, was it on the south end? <laughs> Always on the uh, south. End. It's always on the south. End. <laughs> our, our, this the, was, that should be the fucking model of the show. This was fucking borderline. Southern, right. It was on the southern end of our our area. Was it close to Martin Luther King Boulevard? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was. It was. It was in a in a in, in, in more uh, south of the central part of the area that we were in, closer to the so- southern, south southern of the area. central. So south central, south central. So <laughs> <laughs> we knew he had a gun. We knew all that. The moment we made contact with him. In his in the alleyway, and we can see the gun. I knew, and we had someone on the phone with him talking, and he kept saying "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you," and I could hear it. It was probably about a good. I want to say it was like a minute before, but I think if you were to rewind everything and actual go in real time, I thought it was maybe a minute or two. It was probably thirty forty five seconds where I was like, "He's got a gun. He's fucking with a gun." I knew it. I'm like shit, and I, I had my my rifle on him, and I was like, "This is this is going to end in a shooting." And it was we were only there, f- totally on scene, probably five minutes before the shooting or four minutes. But actually speaking with him, I think we were only there maybe two and a half minutes, and I would say probably forty five seconds to a minute prior to the first shot being fired by him. That's when I knew it. This is this is a shooting. And this so what, is what's going to So end. what about you, Chris? Um, it was almost when the dispatcher looked at me and said, hey, can you guys roll down to this address? Like, 
it was a small department. You're standing there dispatch and they're like, yeah, I, I'm the same you know, way. right. I've been in there. So <clears throat> like, Hey, you need to go. And they point. Yeah. At the guy. Yeah. So that part was pretty accelerated. Right. That part was pretty accelerated. And then as we rolled down there, it was just the whole, everything was different about the whole damn town almost, you know, mm-hmm. like it was too quiet. It was too dark. It was too this, it was too that. And this was like the only thing going on in the whole town at that time for us. And, uh, and, and right then after we went 97, I'm like, yeah, this is, this isn't going to end well. I know it's not going to end well. Someone's, someone's dying. Right. You know, you were hinked up. Oh yeah. Yeah. You talk about, you got to trust your gut, man. You know, like after a while you're, you know, you've been through all that weird stuff before. You got to trust that mm-hmm. gut. And, your body knows it. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's definitely a physiological caveman thing going on when yep. they, you know, the saber tooth tiger stalking you or yep. something, man. Yep. You got to trust that. It, it, that's okay. So we all know our brains operate on electricity, right? We all know that like electrical impulses run our body. Don't even start getting into the higher levels of consciousness because yeah. I can go for days. <laughs> I, on this. Well, oh no, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, we, that's a whole other episode. But the point is, is that when shit is wrong, if you're listening, you'll know shit's wrong. And I think for cops. They are specifically trained eight to twelve hours a night to fine tune their radios. Yeah. Yeah. We I, learn I that the entire career from from the academy. You know, you go to the academy and they go through these scenarios and they tell you, "We're going to put you in these scenarios, and the, it may be totally fine, and it may be." Somebody fucking tries to shoot you, but it's up to you to figure out which. And yeah. you're like, "Oh God!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but. That's the training ground for that fine tuning. Right. Right. Then you get out to the street and your FTO goes, No, that shit ain't right. And you're like, What's not right? And he starts to tell you. And you're like, And you you start to realize he's right. That shit ain't right. Right. Body language and all Body that language, stuff. Body language, all that stuff. And so you really do start to hone your instrument, mm-hmm. like, like tune the sensors, whatever you want to say it. But there is a point at which you have to listen. And you have to pay attention because if you are, uh, what's the, um, uh, it was an open range, right? Uh, Kevin Costner's cowboy movie. It's a great cowboy movie. If you haven't seen it, open range. He says, a man will tell you his bad intentions. If you listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it really is true that if you just tune in to those hairs on the back of your neck, the, the, that, that hinky feeling. And when it's too quiet, when nothing else is going on, when, when, you know, they, they always talk about earthquake weather for yeah. for the people that yeah, have yeah. lived in places where there are earthquakes. You're like, Oh shit, this is earthquake weather. And it gets you a little uneasy or tornado you know, weather or, or tornado weather uh, where you're, yeah. Just my personal opinion. I know I use the word, you know, I use the word boogeyman. Um, you know, it's like a thing, I guess, whatever I picked up or whatever. I do believe evil has a feeling. Yes. Like I do believe that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, so, but that, that's what I think. I mean, Obviously, we're not here to talk about religion and you know what people's beliefs doesn't have are to be religion. It could be just. But but what I'm saying is is that I believe evil is evil is real. Yes. And I believe that boogeyman or like the hairs on the back of your neck or like yes. these things that is what evil feels like. Yeah. So that's just my opinion on that. So I think people when they're like, man, I felt weird and I felt like you said like there was nothing else going on in the city and everything was quiet and it was dark and same for me like that was the only thing going on in the moment and your hairs are standing up and it's dark and you can't see anything. That's fucking straight evil, man. You're like, this is pure right. evil. Yeah, I'll go obvious right. with it. How many movies, right? Or TV shows or whatever you've watched. If, if you're listening to this and you've never done the job and you've watched movies or TV shows, you have a hundred percent seen at least one movie or TV show where somebody's gone. Mm. It's quiet. Yeah. Too yeah. quiet. Yeah, exactly. Right. Weird. Right. Is real as hell. There's, why okay stereotypes come from somewhere tropes come from somewhere these storytelling ideas that that we see and hear in film and literature and and you know they come from somewhere they come from human experiences and if if it's in if it happens often enough for us to include it in our storytelling where we go no it's too quiet something's up 
then clearly we know when something's up. You know what the craziest thing is? Is that when you're, you get that feeling, you're like, this is going to be a fucking shooting. Because, you know, I'll use an example. There was a call, a fucking guy at ADW slicing people's throats as he's walking down um, a, a boulevard and ADW damn near at 187, like four fucking people. And you see him and he's got the knives and he's probably 15 feet from you. And you bail out of your car. And you're taking him down at gunpoint, and he's not fucking moving. You're like, this is a shooting. This is a fucking shooting. And you feel it. The, the, all the same feelings that I had in my shooting happened at the very beginning of my career. And I was like, oh, this is this is a fucking shooting. This is a fucking shooting. And he has that come-to-Jesus moment where he's like, boom, drops it. And you're like, oh, fuck. And it's that weird. It's, it's, it's really weird. And it's a mind fuck. And it's happened to me multiple times where I'm like... Holy fuck, that person came so close to eating a bullet. And I don't... Fuck, I, I don't know how they didn't... There's, there, I have so many other yeah. other ones on that for yeah. another time. But yeah. it's, 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 it's a fucking weird feeling that you get. And sometimes they fucking end in fucking disaster. And then sometimes you're like, I don't know how that fucking ended safely. I, don't, I have no idea. And it's, it's a total mind fuck. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean... It's it's funny how the four of us have all been in completely different incidents in completely different cities and completely completely different circumstances, but the the experiences, the emotional, the psychological, and 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 the intangible, like like because I can't tell you what makes something hinked up. I can't. Like if I try to explain. You know, it's it's like uh, we talk, we joked around about the Peter Tingle, the Spidey sense. Right. I can't. You you watch those Spider Man movies, and he tries to explain. You can't explain the Spidey sense, but that's it. It's mm-hmm. fucking real. It's yeah. real. Yeah. It's this shit ain't right. Like, hold on, time out, stop, everybody, stop, and somebody goes, this shit ain't right, and or somebody else will go, you know, hey, hold on, we need to regroup, or somebody says, hey, you know what, I'm gonna go that way, you know. Yeah. Those kinds of little moments, I can't even I can't even count how many times I've seen on the street those little moments get the bad guy, save somebody's life, prevent an incident. It's it's it literally is. I, I, there's a sixth sense. It's it, you know you can you can call it whatever you want. You can label it, not label it. You could Holy Spirit, sixth sense, Peter Tingle, Spidey sense, whatever you want to call it. But there is something out there that if you tune into it. Will tell you when shit's not right. Period. Yep. And that could be a whole fucking episode of oh, just geez. Spidey Sense, yeah. Peter Tingle, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, um, <laughs> incidents where you, you get people and they talk about, you know, all the all the incidents they've been in that were like this wasn't right and how it ended. And you're, I mean, that could be a whole different thing because you know what's interesting there. is say, think about suicides, right? Think about how many times somebody calls and calls and calls and they're like, I'm gonna kill myself, and you're like, and you go out there and you. Within seconds, you're like, this motherfucker just wants three hots and a cot. Yeah. Right? And then there's other times you go out there, you're like, okay, hold on. Let's just sit down and talk about it. Because, like, you go, ooh, no, this guy's going to kill himself. Like, you, I don't don't know how to explain the difference between the guy you go out to and you go, fuck, you get in a car, we're going to mental health, you'll get your three days, and then you'll be a drunk on the street again, and I don't give a shit, just stop wasting my time. Versus the guy where you're like, homie, let's hold on. Let me let me get you some help. Let, let's talk. And right. you, you, I, I, they both say the same thing. Right. It's it's Just like know. it's like you, you have it in fifty one fifties. Yeah. You have it in you have it in shootings. You have it in use of forces, which you know you can tell when shit's about to go down. You can tell when you're about to fight. You can tell when this is the only way this is ending is in a fucking brawl. And this, because this person is not going to comply, and it, it, it's it's the, the the fucking tingle, it's whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's body language, it's all your training and experience culminating into one short period of time and a split second reaction decision, and uh, officers with a lot of time on and who are really experienced, or officers who are just got a lot of experience, they can attest to that, and it's it's wild. Yeah, have you guys ever like fied a guy in the middle of the night? Getting his name, he's just standing there, and and you just go, 
look, motherfucker, I know what you're thinking, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't. Yep. And they go, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. So, yeah. but it, it was a positive thing. Like it, you use it as a tool that you know tone the dude down a little bit. Man, sure. Because he's like, holy shit, man, maybe this guy's not a freaking flat foot after all. Sure. You know? My yeah. weirdest. Yeah. Oh, I, I shouldn't say my weirdest. My first experience with that it was being a child. And my dad was a cop. We've had him on the show, you know. Um, and he told me one time, and this was before I was a cop, he said he was out uh, doing church work at a soup kitchen, and he had taken two other couples. So it was my dad and my mom and two other couples from church to Skid Row, whatever it was, downtown L.A., to serve meals to the homeless. And they were trying to do charity work. They were trying to do the right thing. And they finished up, and they left the soup kitchen. And as they were walking to their car, because they'd all ridden together, he said there was a dude that was walking towards them. And my dad said, I looked at him, and I realized he wasn't walking towards us. He was walking at us. And there was a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, so he, he said, so I quickened up my pace, and I, I just lengthened my stride just enough to get six, eight, ten feet ahead of my group that I was with. And once I had gotten to a point where I could make direct eye contact and communicate with him but keep a safe distance, I reached into my coat and I pulled out my little thirty-eight snub nose and I pointed it right at him without saying a word. Pulled the snub nose out, pointed it right at the student and said, nuh not today. And the guy's eyes went big, looked at the gun, he goes, <laughs> I, 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 no, man, it's cool. And he just took off. Right. That's it. To this day, I knew that guy was out for us, up oh, to yeah. no good. Right. Yep. But he picked the wrong people the wrong time. Yep. And I listened to my gut. Yep. So listen to your gut, boys and girls. That's what it comes down to. Listen to your gut. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Guts. Oy. Well, okay. So let's go around the table before we get to our dedication and our closing and give get any final thoughts. First of all, it feels good to be back in person and mm-hmm. doing this. And I know we're not going to be able to do this very often because, you know, Chuck is still behind enemy lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go through my process. Um, being told you can't do a job that you really care for. Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been tough. Um, so going through that process. But once that's over and I get settled and everything's kind of meddled out, I'm hoping to be out of a communist regime state of uh, California. Yeah, it's hopefully the whole other country nowadays. Dude, it's People's wild. Republic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you drive through places where they used to have sidewalks and they have just Tents. tent cities and piss and shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Literally it went down to Skid Row. I don't, well, it's No, Skid Row just spread like spread an infection down to the flower district and yeah. literally mm-hmm. saw a dude <laughs> my wife and she's like what is he carrying and like it was like a white Lowe's bucket <laughs> like one of those big five gallon paint buckets it was his dookie bucket and, and i was like um i think that's pissing shit and she's like no no way i was like no that's pissing shit did you roll down the windows and, for her <laughs> <laughs> no and but the guy was this it was a guy or a girl i couldn't fucking tell it's so fucked Nowadays, up off knows. meth and it spilt all over that person and it hit the ground and it was this Fucking chocolatey brown, chunky fucking diarrhea piss. This is water. the guy with the gag reflexes. Fuck, dude. <laughs> it was just splashing all over. And she's like, Is that that's oh that's piss and shit? And I'm like, and then the dude or gal just dumps it in the fucking street in the gutter, and then we get to where we're going, um, and there's just mounds of shit. She's like, Oh, what is that? Is that a dog? I was like, That's human shit. Yeah. That's human shit. She's like, people do that? I'm like, fuck yeah. That's the other thing, too, is how many times we tell people that we're like, that's such and such. And they go, really? Yes. You clearly don't understand how awful (laughs) people are. That's bad. How about you, Chris? You got any last? I mean, we've talked about a lot, and you've been pretty quiet, but you've you've said a lot. I'm a quiet guy. Well, I know that. (laughs) I've I've gotten to know you over the last couple of weeks, and uh, talking is my strong suit, but not yours. (laughs) We balance each other out. That's true. Um, no, it's good to have um, all of us together. I think it's great to meet guys that I haven't met in person yet. And um, is it forward. weird that like you've yeah, heard us, you've heard our, you've heard oh, their yeah. voices, yeah. and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. weird, huh? 
they're not as good looking in person as they are on radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a face. It's all good, man. It's I look forward to more more times like this, and that's why we're in. That's Where's why that I built this bar, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. That's a good bar. That's why it's here. There's a dartboard right there. Yep. And then when my yeah. wife finally makes me get rid of the pool table, I, oh, I'll just put it in here for there a while. There you go. Hey, we'll make room. <laughs> I like it. John? Thanks for having us. This place is legit. Yeah. I am, I I mean, am jealous of this place. Bar. I know. This place is absolutely legit. Um, no, yeah, it's good to be back. I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've sat in front of a microphone. Um, and then obviously it's been a while since we've actually all got together and done this. So it's super cool. Well, you've been um, through a lot of shit in the last 18 months. Yeah, it's it's been a fucking, man, zero to 100. Mm-hmm. And it and stayed at 100 again. for a while. Yeah. Um, but but we're, you know, we're finally settled. We're good to go. Everything's everything's the way it should be um, and happy to be here. Um, well, we're looking and, forward to hearing your voice a little more if we can. Yeah, yeah. Now that I got a set schedule. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, who knows? Because you're, you know, your meteoric rise as a... If well, that's true. <laughs> if if the department does what they say they're going to do, I might have a fucked up schedule for a bit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. For it's sure. okay. It'll be it worth be it. So fucking awesome. I know. It'll be dope. I know. Yeah. Literally, literally, literally. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that is the best job, dope. Yeah, I know. It, it's the most like you know you're bailing out the Titanic with a Dixie cup job because it's just a never ending tide. Get but it. it does. It's not a victimless crime, no matter what anybody says. It True. just it infects your community. Dope infects your community like True. nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nothing. Else. Get that shit out of our state. We don't want it. Yeah, oh, it's already here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, Tom, you got anything? Uh, I just, I just I'm really I'm really appreciative of being around you guys. Um, even even just spending like I've been going through my own. You know, after moving and after changing careers again and all this other stuff, you know, just having guys to talk to, even on Locker Room or on War Stories, you know, having Chuck around, but having John back and having Chris now, you know, stumbling distance away. um, It just really highlights to me the importance of what we're doing. Um, And and we still get those messages where where people will say, Hey, you know, I've never messaged you guys before, but I just want to tell you, I really appreciate what you're doing. And that helps keep us going because there are times when this becomes a chore. This becomes time away from our families. This becomes, uh, you know, scheduling conflicts. This becomes, Oh, I do. I I just want to, I just want to sit on the couch with my wife and watch a little house on the prairie and eat (laughs) freaking ruffles. (laughs) Ruffles. (laughs) Well, it's definitely helped me through all the bullshit I've been going through the last year or so. Yeah. I think this is, is a great outlet, not only for us, but for everybody else who listens. And if we can help one person, that's I, I'm I'm good with that. If if one person writes in and goes, Hey, I, I don't feel alone. Thanks for, you know, getting me out of my funk or this really helped me. Hey, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And that's what's important. And um, if we if we'd only gotten one of those messages over the course of the entire show, it. it'd have been worth it. But we've gotten tons and of you, those messages. You know what's even better is that when I get a message from someone we've had on the show who runs treatment facilities and who's contacted us and says, we got someone who listened to your show, who reached out to me and is now coming in for help. That is fucking phenomenal. That's huge. And if anybody else out there, and I know we hit it up all the time, has issues or is going through something and they need someone to talk to you, DM message us. But if you need something more such as you're struggling with something substance or, or whatever, um, reach out. We, we have connections. We can contact someone for you and they yeah. can reach out to you and you can do it. And you know, they have a law enforcement first responder side and they also have a non-law enforcement um, side where you can get help. And you know, even if it's not substance related, the guy can, probably get you into something. shit happens to everybody everything you know it, it I, we had that listener we had a listener dm me and he said uh you know i really appreciate your show i'm not a first responder i'm not a cop i'm not a veteran or anything like that i just really appreciate your show but my brother is right. a junkie is a drug addict and well he's recovering and he's dealing with ptsd and and and, and this and, that and the other thing and i i don't want him to relapse and i want him to get help for his ptsd because i think if he doesn't get help for his ptsd he's going to relapse into the drug world and you guys seem to be really dialed into the world of you know dealing with PTSD. Is there any? I, I he's not a veteran. He's not a cop. He's not. A, I think that's when we sent a bunch of resources. Yeah, to. we did. And yeah, 
uh, hey, great. Yeah. Awesome. Like it's it's not it's not yeah, okay, we're all cops, veterans and firefighters and you know, first responders and all that on the show. That's that's what the point of the show is. But the point of the show was also to give people who aren't those things an idea of what right. we go through, what we do, what we think. And if that helps you, if that if, if if there is a fine line, you know, that thin blue line, the thin green line, the thin red line, it isn't isn't just about law enforcement or about firefighting. It's right. also about the the line between your life falling apart and your life being held together. And if we can help you with holding your life together or if we can help you help someone you care about hold your life together, I'm more than happy to do it. You know, um it's it's this is, you know, it's just kind of a I guess an unintended consequence. Yeah. That we didn't plan for but Hey, keeps us going and it makes us feel good that like we're, 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 we're still helping people. Yeah, exactly. Especially for those of us who can't do it directly on the street anymore. Charlie, why are you sweating? I'm not sweating. What are you talking about? Cold. <laughs> sweating like a whore in church. Sorry, I don't know. It looked like you were there. I was like, he did not. He's lost. I don't have hair. <laughs> the the hair, I don't have hair on the top of my head. Um, I have alopecia. Um, oh my God. So. <laughs> I'm looking forward I'm to GIG and three. Right yeah. um, I just want to say thank you, Chris, for allowing us to come into your bar. Um, it's really awesome. John, I am so glad that you made it out of San Fernando alive. Uh, I don't think that. We love you, brother. I could have fucking taken. Appreciate you. No. Oh, my God, dude. Something bad happening. Fuck. I didn't. Like, I've thought about that. I don't. I w- mm. I'm going to say thank you for not making me go to your funeral. Hey, no problem. I, I, I didn't cry when you at my wedding, but uh, when you said all that. Those kind, nice words, but I would have definitely cried um, for sure if anything bad would have happened. In yeah, if you wouldn't, I would have fucking haunted your ass. <laughs> yeah, baby. that would have been horrible. And so I'm so glad that that you are safe and sound from that shithole and that that incident. You came out 100 on and um, I and on a in a better place. Yeah. yeah, and now I'm glad you're out here and pray for fucking smooth sails, whatever that saying is ahead. <laughs> And uh, you get into a badass unit. Um, real quick, before we get into this dedication, um, if there's any law enforcement officers in, I guess, uh, what is this, Montana, um, reach out uh, to us um, at uh, booking.warstories or uh, War Stories Mailbag. Um, and uh, let us know if you have have any info on that. There's a listener. I, I'm not going to get into his, his name due to OPSEC reasons. Um, but, uh, he's looking into some stuff in Montana and, uh, I would greatly appreciate any, yeah. any help. So if you, you've got that, I can hook you guys up and, and, and that'll be that. Right. <clears throat> now for the dedication, this is a, this is a listener request for a listener. Tyler, this one's for you, dude. On April 29th, 2020, a CH 148 cyclone helicopter call St. Stalker 22 crashed in the lion sea off of the coast of Greece. <clears throat> While deployed HMCS Fredericton as part of uh, Standing NATO Maritime Group 1 during Operation Reassurance, killing all on board with four members of Air Force and two members of the Navy on board. Master Corporal Matthew Cousins, Captain Kevin Hagen, Captain Brendan McDonald, Captain Maxime Moran, Morin, and Sub Lieutenant. Matthew Pike and Sub Lieutenant Abigail Cowbro. I respect the fact that you said Lieutenant. I was told to. I know. <laughs> I respect it. But I would have got it because this is. <laughs> it's, I know where it was. It's not our military. It's their military. Not our military. But rest easy, brothers and sisters. We got it from here. That's uh, again. We've always told you if you have a dedication, um, we we try to give it to our guests. But if we 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 collect the dedications so that when we when our guests, because we do have guests that say, no, I don't have anybody that I would like to dedicate it to, in which case we will use our listener requested dedications. So keep sending them. Yeah. Uh, you can send those to mailbag.warstories at gmail.com. You can send them to booking.warstories at gmail.com. Uh, and if you want to be on the show, you can send them to booking.warstories at gmail.com. But Chuck, what's left? Well, I thank you guys today for listening. If you like today's podcast, please go and follow us on our Instagram at war story at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us, share our posts and our info. 
You can also go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook to reach all of our socials, our media, and website. Our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms as well as on our YouTube. If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Grab some gear. We still have some Wooby hoodies, shirts, patches, and stickers left. We will be doing some spring and summer gear as well. If you want to be featured on our show and you think you have a story or want to share your story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. And if you send me your story, I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement corrections, dispatchers, fire, medics, and veterans. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Again, thank you for your support. Stay safe. Well, I think that does that does it. I'm just glad we were able to get together. We were gonna get, we were gonna do one episode. It's gonna be a two parter. Uh, so for those of you that are listening to this part, you know that we had to we had to stop it and and continue it. So you get you got two weeks for the price of one, right? Um, because we just we just went. Man, we were just having a good time. When we sober up, we'll do it again. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hell, if we were more drunk, we'd go for a third, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, no, I appreciate all of you guys. I appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, John, fuck you. Thank you. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> love you. Also, fuck you. <laughs> Chris, fuck you and your bar. Makes me jealous. Uh, and until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it. <laughs>